You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. In 1898, H.G. Wells wrote a story called The Man Who Could Work Miracles. The hero discovers he can do absolutely anything and ends up destroying all life on Earth in short order. He then gives up his powers and gets the world returned to the state it was in before he got them. This was turned into a movie in 1937 and adapted several times by the BBC, including a 1956 version which may have been where Terry Jones heard the tale. Around 1990, Jones began playing with the idea with Gavin Scott. They fiddled with it for 20 years until someone called and asked Terry if he had anything worth developing. That's when Terry pulled out his script for absolutely anything. Spoilers follow, but spoilers is a relative term in this case. I'm Ryan Myers, and this is your Sci-Fi 5, five minutes of science fiction history for May 12th. And today we consider the high and low points of absolutely anything, released on this day in the U.S. in 2017. You know Anne Rice wrote Interview with the Vampire. She even got credit for the screenplay. In reality, though, Neil Jordan wrote the bulk of the screenplay when Anne realized that it wasn't her long suit. But producers still wanted her name on the credits for the star power. Well, Terry Jones ran his screenplay for absolutely anything past Douglas Adams, who said he liked the talking dog character. That was apparently enough to justify listing him as a writer with Terry Jones. Star power. Picture it. Terry Jones has the opportunity to produce a screenplay. The story calls for five aliens. Wouldn't it be great to get the surviving Monty Python cast members back for a bit of voice work? And there's a talking dog... What about Robin Williams? Brilliant! Simon Pegg, Eddie Izzard, Kate Beckinsale, Rob Riggle, Joanna Lumley. Just imagine the star power! So you might be forgiven if you're scrolling through your streaming service and see a movie you've never heard of with all those names attached and think, this should be great! As you might have guessed, absolutely anything has to do with a man given unlimited powers. Think Bruce Almighty. In this case, alien supreme beings find Pioneer 10 and its golden plaque depicting Earth and humans. The aliens toss the probe in a pile with others and add the plaque to their collage of similar plates from other alien probes. As one of them asks, why do they always depict themselves with no clothes on? John Cleese's alien immediately calls for Earth's destruction, but the others point out that the Earth must be tested. Conveniently, the rules call for them to speak the language of the planet in question while its fate is being decided. They then explain the entire scenario to each other as if the supreme beings that they are have never heard of their own test before. The entire movie is riddled with that level of writing. After nearly granting infinite power to Sarah Palin, the selection lands on Simon Pegg's hapless schoolteacher. Of course, Simon doesn't realize he's been given ultimate power, so the first several things he does happen without him knowing. Even after saying he'd like aliens to blow up his classroom, which is promptly obliterated, killing all the children inside, he doesn't make the connection. It's not until he gets home that night that he realizes he has infinite powers. He grants his best friend Ray's wish, making a co-worker worship him. Then, as she advances from mere obsession to actual worship, forming a cult around Ray, Peg repeatedly tells him he doesn't have time to sort out his problem. Ray's continual running and hiding from his followers is a running gag, pardon the pun, but it doesn't work, because in the end, Peg solves it with a wave of his hand. It took no time at all. Almost every aspect of this movie demonstrates that lack of consideration. Animated dog poop aside, this movie is not without its good points. Eddie Izzard has few lines but delivers them with delicious precision. 
and Kate Beckinsale is entirely relatable as she deals with awful bosses and awful men. Sadly, this was Robin Williams' last work, being recorded not long before he took his own life. There are a few scenes of him recording his lines during the closing credits. Few men on earth should understand theater of the absurd better than Terry Jones. This movie strives to be absurdist for the modern day. It is absolutely anything but. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5, for May 12th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.